Good morning, I mean, good afternoon, our St. Paul family and those who are joining us for Thursday noon TNT. Pastor Scott is having some minor technical difficulties, but he will be with you shortly. Just hold on and we will start our Thursday noon teaching in just a few moments. Thank y'all for being patient. Dr. Scott is being getting ready to get on, and he will be joining us for Thursday noon in just a moment. Thank you for your patience. 
appreciate you, Sister Bailey. Hey there, Martha. Good morning or afternoon, Sylvia. Hey there, Frankie. Sister Thompson, we see you out there. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you all for for your patience and for uh, being so gracious with us as far as my technical difficulties were concerned. Uh, I believe that I have uh, certain things straightened out now, and uh, we see so many of you all joining us. And so what I want to do is we want to um, in uh, this time that we've been talking about dealing with uh, evil and suffering as far as um, uh, our time of study is concerned. We thank the Lord that you all have been on this journey with us. I want to open up with a word of prayer so that we can sense and seek um, how God will want for us to unfold this and we'll get started as far as uh, our time together is concerned. God, we come and we thank you for the sufficiency of your grace, how you have blessed us beyond measure right now. And we pray that in this moment, oh God, that you by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, will show yourself strong and mighty even in this moment. Uh, Lord, would you, uh, as only you can, uh, come and be the master teacher as far as uh, this moment is concerned. Show yourself strong and mighty, O oh God, as only you can, and we will bless your name for that. Um, it is in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen. Amen. So uh, what I want to do is um, call your attention for the time that is ours to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We want to look at verses um, 11 and verse 12. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 <clears throat> and verse 12. Verse 11 and verse 12. And we want to unpack in a very meaningful way, um, 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 kind of put a bow on this thing dealing with evil and suffering. So verse 11 reads like this, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory, all right? That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. I think that one of the things we have to understand is that as a result of us being connected to God through Christ, one of the things of the spiritual blessing of insight into the mystery of God's will is that we are connected to Christ. And because we are connected to Christ, there are some predetermined results that are going to happen 
as far as that's concerned. That's the idea of being predestined. So when we see the word we in verse 11, um, that is a distinct group that is including both Jew and Gentile. So both Jews and Gentiles are connected to the will of God through Jesus Christ. All right. So I'm unpacking this very slowly because I want us to understand that in this particular text, Paul is not just focusing on the Jews. He is also focusing on Gentiles, those persons who were not part of the nation of Israel, who were not part of the lineage of Abraham. But yet at this particular moment, they are grafted into being part of what is called the chosen people of God, all right? So as we unpack this, uh, Jewish believers were chosen because they were predestined, but this predestination is not a matter of God's whim, uh, but it's according to God's plan. Hold on just a moment. I don't know what that is. I think. Deb, you need to come get your phone. <laughs> uh, all kinds of stuff going on right now. Yeah, all kinds of stuff going on. I'm about to throw her phone into the hallway. Anyway, um, as, as I unpack this, I want us to understand that the purpose of God's choice for all believers is that ultimately we will bring him glory, honor, and praise. And as we unpack this, I want us to also understand both Jew and Gentile have been set free as far as the power of God here. All right. So, so here is where the crux of the matter is. And I want you to get this. Jesus Christ has set the sinner free from his or her sins and has revealed his will that all things will be ending up in Christ, including Jewish and Gentile believers who trust in him. OK, so that's what verse 11 through 12 is is talking about now. How does this have to deal or what does this have to do rather with evil as far as us being in Christ? All right. Um, uh, if you have been in in this study with us for some time, you've seen us talk about a whole lot of things dealing with uh, God's um, uh, first creation of the world. Uh, dealing with angels, dealing with how um, humanity was formed, how evil came into the world. So it's my hope that you have a clear understanding how the so-called problem of evil um, uh, must be understood by us as Christians. And here it is. Evil exists in God's world because it serves an interesting yet holy purpose of enabling God to demonstrate God's grace 
and God's mercy, as well as God's power and God's wrath. Okay? Evil exists in the world because there's a purpose to it where God can demonstrate grace and mercy as well as power and wrath. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God cannot, we talk about there's some things that God can do anything but fail, but here's another thing God cannot do. God cannot pour out wrath upon righteous beings. All right. And righteous beings do not need salvation. Therefore, you have evil. But it is this wrath justly deserved and grace entirely undeserved that you and I are exposed to. So <clears throat> here's what I can't do as far as our time together. I can't soften in any shape, form or fashion the wrath of God, the judgment of God, how we participate in our own suffering and evil because we sin against God. I can't soften that. The choices that we make as human beings bring some things upon ourselves that we may not want to hear, we may not want, may not like, but the truth is the truth. All right. And, and, and part of where we are stuck is that when it comes to the teaching of scriptures for this humanistic, uh, self-centered culture, uh, whether it is pagan or whether it is believers who have been brainwashed by psychological or philosophical thoughts, we as human beings prefer to make God in our own image and likeness, okay? Which really puts God in a box <laughs> and it makes us or gives us the capacity to try to control the very essence of who God is, all right? So check this out. Remember when the enemy tempted Adam and Eve in the garden in Genesis chapter three, the words that stick out to me is that the enemy says to them that you shall be as gods, small g, knowing what? Good and evil. So human-centered thinking prefers our own self-actualization as human beings versus the realization of the real God. And it is these people who look for human self-actualization that cry out louder than anybody else. So what I wanna impress upon you is that we did a lot of study in Romans chapter nine and Romans chapter nine requires a major shift in how we look at God and how we look at each other, all right? How we look at God and how we look at each other. So if you're still kind of stuck, finding it difficult to accept the things that have been shared, but unable to explain away the obvious portions of Roman nine, then your confusion 
is understandable, but it is not, unfortunately, appreciated. And here's why. Because the teachings that we've engaged in over the last several weeks runs contrary to everything you have heard outside of the church, but also inside of the church, all right? And that is that unfortunately, what we've heard outside of the church and inside of the church is that we as human beings are the center of the world and the universe. And that is not the case. Let me say it again. We have been conditioned to think that it's either our way or the highway when ultimately it boils down to being God's way or basically you miss out on all the blessings that God wants to bring to your reality in spite of evil and suffering. This is what Paul really meant when he talks about all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. What is the call? Called to salvation. What is the purpose? To look more like Jesus. So you and I can't even begin to look like Jesus, operate in our purpose until we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I would dare say that a whole lot of folks will not fulfill their purpose because they lack an appreciation and understanding of what it means to be saved by the grace of God by placing our faith in Jesus. Interestingly and importantly, it is for us to understand that our ultimate purpose is to look more like Christ and less like the culture and less like our own personal desires. All right. So part of what I have been called to do as your pastor is to help you to search the scriptures so that you can understand what it is that God will have for you to be in Christ Jesus. All right. All right. That's what my call is to do is to help you to search the scriptures so that you can have an understanding of who you and I are called to be in Christ Jesus. All right. So here's where I take everything that we've been talking about over the last several weeks, put it in this big funnel and allow for it to funnel down to your heart and to your spirit. All right. It is my hope that during this time of study that your understanding of who God is has undergone a major, major shift. Because here's where I want to draw the line to help you to appreciate what it is that God is doing as far as history is concerned, as far as your personal affairs are concerned, as far as how you view God is concerned. Um, uh, all of that stuff, the all-knowing, the all-powerful God of creation is giving you insight into knowledge and wisdom so that you can see how everything is ultimately going to end up in Christ. So how does that 
unpacked in a very meaningful way. Here it is. That the problem of evil and the problem of suffering is when you and I allow for ourselves to adhere to the voice of the demonic uh, and we have to deal with the outcomes as far as adhering to the ways of the evil one. While God can and while God has the power to shut all of that stuff down, while God can and while God does have the power to make us do whatever God wants us to do, that is not how God wants to operate as far as our lives are concerned, because God has given us one thing that a whole lot of other folks don't have, a whole lot of other creation don't have. And that is, watch this, the power of choice. <laughs> I think that's where I'm trying to get us to. You and I have the power of choice because we are creatures of reason and rationale we have the power to choose whether we want to do the things of God or do the things that satisfy our human inclinations, our human nature. All right. And let me press this even further, that when we skew ourselves to doing the things of human inclination, because we are sinners, we then step into the waters of dealing with the problems of evil and the outcome of the problems of evil is the result of suffering. Okay. All right. The problem of evil produces an outcome of suffering. Okay. Because here's what I want to impress upon you, beloved. It was never God's intention, according to the biblical writ, for us to deal with the issue or the consequence of suffering. But because Adam and Eve made the choice in the garden, according to scripture, to listen to the snake, it has had ramifications, according to the biblical writ, ever since that is impeding us from being all that we can be in the earth realm and in the realm of time, all right? So the problem of evil is when we tap into our own sinful desires that produces outcomes of suffering. Now, I know somebody is saying, somebody is saying, well, pastor, you know, weather patterns and, you know, hunger and, um, children being mistreated, um, um, uh, rape and molestation. Uh, all of that is suffering. And if God is so much God, can't God stop that? And here's what I want to impress upon you. That God, unfortunately, leaves us to the choosing or to the consequences of the choices that we have made in the past that stacks up, that has produced 
the sufferings that we see in the world and the sufferings that we see as far as society is concerned. And this is why it is important for us as believers to do any and everything we can to counteract, check this out, the sufferings which are the consequences of us buying into our own sinful human desires that is undergirded by Satan. All right. So here's what I'm trying to impress upon you. If you really hear my heart and hear what I'm trying to drop on you. That basically where we are right now on January the 19th, 2023, January the 19th, 2023, that all the suffering and all the craziness that we see individually and worldwide and um, uh, 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 as far as climate is concerned and as far all of that, watch this, is the stacking since the introduction of sin according to scripture. So what's been happening is that stuff has just been stacking based upon choices that were made from Adam and Eve in the garden up until now. And watch this. And all of those cumulative choices could have and should have wiped us out by now, but it hasn't all because of, hear me, hear me well, God's grace, mercy, and long suffering. However, one day, all of that stuff is going to come to a head. All of that stuff is going to come to a head. And it's going to be the ultimate grand demonstration of the character of God. Because one day, God is going to put an end to evil. God's going to put an end to suffering. God's going to put an end to our sinful choices. And God's going to put an end to the consequences of us either choosing him or choosing our own selfish desires. All right. So, so this is where I'm trying to get us to, to, to understand and to appreciate and to un, uh, uh, unpack in a very meaningful way is that the more you and I grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, the more you and I become more like Christ, the more you and I um, take on the character and the virtue of Christ, the less we are impacted by evil and the more we're able to make suffering become redemptive because we then flow the same way that Jesus flowed when he allowed for the suffering of Calvary to become the redemption that we see through the resurrection. So to tie this in a nice, neat boat, what I'm trying to impress upon you, if you hear my heart and hear my heart well, is that as you and I live for Christ, as you and I uh, do the things that God would have for us to do, that because there's evil in the world, 
that unfortunately suffering becomes part of the ingredient that helps us to look more like Christ. So if you want to really look like Christ and become all that Christ would have for us to be, that because of evil being in the world, now suffering becomes one of the key ingredients that helps us to develop the character of Christ, whereby the power of the Holy Spirit gives us the strength and the capacity to either deal with the suffering or overcome the suffering to the glory of God, whereby God is exalted, Christ comes through our being, and the Holy Spirit is edified that people will say, how is it that you're able to manage doing what you do? And you have to tell them, it's nobody but God. Here it is. Here's the real drill down. If that suffering is sickness, if that suffering is financial loss, if that suffering is, watch this, losing a loved one, if that suffering is uh, crazy family dynamics, if that suffering is something so horrific in your past because of evil being introduced into the human equation, God, through the saving grace of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, gives you and me the capacity to face whatever comes our way, either based upon the choices that we have made that were negative or because we were in close proximity to the choices that other folks have made when we got some of that stuff splashed on us. And God then gives us the capacity to either overcome it or to deal with it, whereby God strengthens our resolve so that when people look at us, they say with amazement, how is it that you're able to deal with that stuff? And you have to tell them in all honesty, it's not easy. I don't like it. Ain't crazy about it. If I had my own way, I would not ever deal with it. But by the power and the presence of God, this is how I'm able to function. People that deal with cancer, people that deal with um, uh, sickness, people that deal with um, uh, abandonment, people that deal with some horrific things like rape and molestation, people that deal with um, climate change. And we have to admit that climate change is, is a human consequence of us wanting to do everything our way. Um, we're dealing with, 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 with some weather patterns that are weird right now, but that's part of our doing as far as climate change is concerned. And regardless of some folks wanting to deny it, that's one of the consequences that we find ourselves dealing with. And yet, God, by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, gives us the strength and tenacity to deal with those shifts. But I'm here to let you know that one day, I don't know when, I don't know how, I, 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 I can't tell you the exact time or date, and nobody can. But one day, God is going to say, all right, watch this. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. 
let's go ahead and let's put this to rest. And when God decides to do that, you and I will see the grace of God, the mercy of God, the power of God, and yes, the wrath of God that's connected to God's judgment. I close on this. We love to talk about God's grace. We love to talk about God's mercy. We even love to talk about God's power, but we don't want to talk about God's wrath. God's wrath, though, is connected to God's justice and judgment that is ultimately righteous. God does not do anything wrong. God does not do anything wrong. Let me say that again. God does not do anything wrong. You and I may not like the way that some things go, and this is because we don't have the mind of God. We can't understand why God allows for certain things to happen because our minds are really finite. And when it comes to us understanding and predicting God's movement and why God allows for certain things to happen, as saints of old used to say, some stuff we're going to understand better by and by. So I close on this and we call it a day that ultimately dealing with the issues of evil, the issues of suffering, that ultimately, if we're going to have the strength to endure, watch this, even some of the crazy choices and consequences, even some of the crazy consequences that are predicated upon our choice, we got to do it by faith, trusting and knowing that God can do anything but fail. And God ultimately is going to bring to pass everything that God wants to do to right this ship. Um, um, uh, so that's where we are. Uh, that's how we close out this aspect of dealing with evil and suffering. Um, because in this life, if you live long enough, you will not go through this life unscathed. <laughs> um, you're going to deal with something. You're going to deal with something. And it is in that dealing with something that you and I really get a glimpse of the grand demonstration of the character of our God. All right. So that's all I have to say for now. Um, um, we're in the process of looking at how we're going to flow as far as our next Bible study is concerned. Um, but um, at this time, if there are any uh, questions, uh, if there are any questions, uh, you can put those in the chat and we can um, try to unpack that. Not seeing any questions, Pastor. All right. Well, um, if there aren't any questions, uh, I see people are talking about he's soon to come. And so we better be ready. Um, yeah, I don't know when he's going to come. Folks have been saying he's soon to come. And and uh, I don't know when, when he's going to come. But I will say this, and it's something that 
my mentor, the late Reverend Dr. Samuel DeWitt Proctor used to say, and you, you, you're not going to hear me preach a sermon on, on predicting when Jesus is coming back. But this is what Dr. Samuel DeWitt Proctor told me, and it's so apropos. If you do what Jesus told you to do in his first coming, the second coming will take care of itself. Did y'all catch that? If you do what Jesus told you to do in the first coming, you ain't got to worry about the second coming. All right. If, if, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you uh, live a life in accordance to what God will have for us to do, that's by doing mission and ministry, uh, helping those that are less fortunate, um, uh, being kind to people, just being a good person in Christ, the second coming to take care of itself. Mr. Um, Audrey said, why do you think a lot of people say you're suffering because of something you've done when you live a life for Christ? Well, Sister Audrey, some stuff we do bring upon ourselves, some suffering we are dealing with because of some choices that we have done. And even when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there are some things that unfortunately uh, our acceptance of Christ as Lord and Savior don't necessarily wipe away at, at that particular moment. Um, um, prime example, very simple. You can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and still have bad eating habits and develop disease because of that. And your body suffers. OK, and you can be claiming to live a life for Christ, but you got bad eating habits and you suffer. I mean, it's like me being a diabetic. I'm a preacher of the gospel. I live for Jesus. But I know that if I eat, you know, a whole bunch of sweets, my glucose number is going to shoot up. And if my glucose number shoot up, I'm going to have to deal with the implications of diabetes. So, again, it is predicated we suffer because of choices that we make um, uh, in many instances, but then there are other instances where we suffer just by virtue of the fact that stuff happens as far as life is concerned. So hopefully that'll deal with that question. There's one more question. Okay. Um, Since my mother always says every generation yeah. gets weaker and wiser. Yeah. That? Yeah. Uh, I've heard that, too. And I think there may be some veracity to that or some truth to that in the sense that we gain more technology um, and we gain more knowledge. Uh, but it tends to make us lazy in a sense. And um, um, that's I think that's what uh, is meant by that. We 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 become smarter. Um, as far as knowledge base is concerned, we got access to information through the internet that we never had access to before. As a matter of fact, you don't even need encyclopedias in your house right now uh, because everything is online. If you want to know something, you just go online. However, even in the midst of all that, we become smarter However, we're not as strong as our parents or even grandparents or great-grandparents. You know, folks in today's culture, 
particularly those that are younger, don't have a lot of resilience that our parents and grandparents and even great grandparents had. So, yeah, that's where the weakness comes in. And um, um, it, it's been said, I'm trying to remember this quote that I heard, that um, um, oh gosh, I'm trying trying to remember it. That weak, that our children become weak because we give them everything that they want, or we give them things that we did not have. And what we wind up doing is we wind up producing. Uh, weaker offsprings. Tough times produces tough people. Tough people uh, produces uh, uh, folks that can become weaker because we try to shield folks from some things as far as life is concerned. So basically what I'm saying is sometimes you just got to let folks fall and learn. Sometimes you got to allow for people to fail so that they can learn how to pick up the pieces afterwards rather than trying to shield folks from 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 everything because the world ain't going to shield them. Yeah. All right. OK, well, as we close out this time, I want to thank you all for um, joining us as far as this time of 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 sharing and studying is concerned. And if you feel led to, to give, uh, if you feel led to uh, be a blessing to St. Paul Church, I want to let you know you're sowing into good ground. And if you feel led to give, you can do that now through mailing check a money order to the church at uh, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can drop off check cash money order at the church, but call the church office first at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. You can also give through our website through ACS or Church Life, or you can give through the app called Givelify. And we have a place in there even for Bible study if you feel led to, to give. So um, uh, you're more than welcome to, to uh, sow and be a blessing even now. One, well, thank you for your time and for uh, your participation, and we'll get a sense from what it is the law will have for us to do as far as our time of study is concerned next week. But listen, blessings and peace be unto you, and um, we will either see you either person, in person, or virtually on Sunday.